Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm very lucky today to be joined by Ben, who is CEO of Honeycomb Insurance. Um, Ben, good morning. For the ruse of the podcast, good morning. Hey. <laughs> How are you? Good, good. Good morning, good. Alex. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. Um, I haven't asked you this yet. It's, it's, it's not it's not perfect podcast, butter, but I, I saw the Honeycomb team were on a bit of a, uh, what was it, a team building exercise uh, last week. You managed to get away. Um, did the whole team go? That's what I was wanting to work out. As, 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 as many as we can. Um, yeah. we're, 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 we're growing by the day and yeah. um, some, some of the initiatives some of the uh the recent additions weren't able to make it and uh just because their start date was probably while we were in uh overseas but yeah we um had the opportunity to go visit uh some of our reinsurance partners in germany and then spend some time in uh in israel yeah uh, and we're uh we're headquartered kind of in israel in herzliya which is just north of tel aviv uh-huh. so got to experience that great culture and uh then spent a little bit of time in uh in getty uh, which is uh, kind of a desert region oasis mm-hmm. uh, down nice. by the Dead Sea, um, yeah. and that was just great uh, team building and uh, getting to know everybody. And and uh, uh, I tell you what, it, it was a heck of an event. Um, we went to the the kind of foothills of Masada, mm-hmm. uh, which has a huge historical relevance, and uh, uh, and kind of the canyon walls with lighting and music and drinks and uh, food and spending time with each other. It was quite it was quite surreal and quite the moment and yeah a lot of fun nice yeah, nice it, fun. Looked, it looked great i was i was following it on follow on linkedin didn't get an invite but you know fair enough i uh, <laughs> yeah, uh but uh, but when you next time when you're, yeah no when you're not listening to bands and uh, traveling and swimming uh what is it that honeycomb do so it'd be great if you could introduce yourself and, and the business to the listeners that'd be great sure um uh, been with honeycomb for a little over six months uh, approximately um, Honeycomb uh, specializes, uh, we're in tech, we specialize in habitational space, so apartments and condos. Um, and we're just trying to reinvent uh, the way that business is approached and placed and underwritten um, mm-hmm. because uh, we feel that the way that, uh, the, that the current business is, uh, is kind of uh, assembled and, and, and 
distributed is uh, there's a better way to do it. Um, sure. And we're and um, been been in the habitational space for about 15 years, so mm-hmm. um, kind of know it pretty well. Um, and kind of had those struggles um, with more institutional carriers, and, and thought to myself, hey, there there is a better way. And Honeycomb came knocking on my door and said, hey, we're we're trying to do this, and we're 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 kind of already down the path a little bit and we'll love for you to join and, and, and kind of, um, and, and help this process. So, uh, very, very, very happy, uh, to be at Honeycomb and very excited about what they're doing and what we, what we're achieving and what we will achieve. Mm, awesome. Thank you for that. And, um, yeah, I think the one thing I, I'm really pleased to have someone on as chief underwriting officer, and because you know a lot of time we bring in short techs on, and, and we, we talk to founders, and 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 some yeah, quite often they're not the head of insurance or the CEO. Um, so I think my first question, you know, like you, you guys described as people first, tech driven, um, and I wanted to know what that practically means. You know, in in, in a sort of someone coming from a traditional carrier market to a sort of an insured tech, what what does it practically mean for you as chief underwriting officer? Yeah, a lot of times you think like, hey, if you're you're technology driven, you're not people driven. Mm-hmm. Um, that you're you're you you can't serve like two masters. Um, and I, I most people feel like, like conflicting forces, um, but I th- actually feel like they complement each other. Um, yeah. That um, and for the most part, I feel like technology is a means to the end. Um, at, at Honeycomb, I feel is a more of a uh, a company oriented around service, experience, um, uh, procurement of insurance in an in a easy, easy uh, service-oriented way that mm-hmm. is also uh, focused on underwriting. Um, mm-hmm. How you achieve that is, is kind of technology is, is kind of the, the, the cut through that, that makes that process more simple. Um, mm-hmm. I actually feel that like uh, the people, right, the people that uh, are, 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 are kind of is what makes the technology uh, what it is. They kind of breathe life into it and, and set the direction of the technology mm-hmm. uh, and, and how it's implemented. So um, technology doesn't exist unless, you know, people kind of bring thought to it and innovate it and, and decide, mm-hmm. okay, what is it? How's I want to either build that technology and how do I implement it? Um, and, if, and, and also people shape the, the culture, right, and, and, and what the end goals are for that technology, then then, then it also, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of, if, if you say, hey, my, my people and, and the culture are service-oriented, how do I get there to, 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 to communicate that to my end customer? And, and technology is, is, is kind of that vehicle to do so. Um, so mm. that's kind of like where, where I feel, uh, like how, how they intersect technology and people they, they coexist, um, they complement each other, they build upon each other. Um, but, uh, I think at the, at the end of the day, uh, you know, people actually kind of take a precedent over technology. Um, mm. and, and that's where your competitive advantage is, I think is in the people and not your technology. Um, so sure. Sure. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I mean, I think, um, uh, I think I think we live in this sort of like polarizing world, right? Where where you 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 sort of you have to take a view that technology has to sort of replace people, and 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 or people have to replace technology. You sort of you have to have an either or kind of um, 
uh, approach to it. Um, and, and I tend to find, and this is a huge sweeping generalization, but you know, it's just, <laughs> it's a lazy comment to make, but we've only got 40 minutes. <laughs> uh, but it, the, the businesses that in, in, in the insurtech industry that, that I think are the best kind of, of melding that tech meets people are ones that have senior insurance people in early that have experience of insurance because you're not saying insurance is broken you're just saying i think there's some slightly better ways of doing this so we can kind of knit in the technology that we need at different points um so you know your experience exactly so like you've clearly been thinking about sort of technology driven solutions prior to joining honeycomb um what was your kind of experience of trying to get some of those implementations through when you were the carrier side? Um, were, were you trying to kind of bring technology in? Were you just frustrated with the technology used? What was what was your kind of technology understanding or landscape when you were when you were prior to joining Honeycomb? Yeah, I think like just kind of being innovative by nature, you know, mm. and like being inquisitive and saying, hey, there's a better way to do this uh, within the constructs of like an institutional carrier. Um, you, you hit a lot of headwinds uh, in yeah. that process. You know, yeah. uh, one is um, kind of your institutional carriers are designed not to change. Um, mm. We've done this for 300 years this way. Don't mess it up, right? Yep. Like um, the culture, the people, the hiring practices are all designed for incremental changes and incremental growth. Um, mm-hmm. That, that we, we never want to move the dial in one way too far um it's kind of like the 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 analogy of the 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 big ship small rudder Mm, mm. uh you know and 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 that's where you take management decisions that's where you make underwriting decisions unless it's like catastrophic like hey we're (laughs) we lost our shirts doing this yeah uh we are we're the the all of a sudden you don't have a big ship with a small rudder i think you just have a, a gaping hole in the side of your ship and you're 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 you know dropping the lifeboats and you're getting out right and catching yeah, yeah, the yeah. hole and trying to move on but for the most part i mean like you're looking at the legacy systems right like this is the system we have it's not broke it works and it'll take you know five million dollars in two years to overhaul this mm-hmm. so uh we're not willing to take in that investment take the time the effort to change that versus when you start with like an insure tech you have a clean slate um and you could build the system the way you want it and quickly adapt it and build the system adaptable and capture the data you need to capture. A lot mm. of the legacy systems, when you look at you know, the institutional carriers, they say, well, they got more data than you know what to do with. Maybe they should have more data, but I don't know if they do. Mm. Um, and the data that they're capturing, is it the data that they really need to drill, to drill down into? Um, sure. to understand their client, to understand the risk, to understand risk selection. Um, you know, they could tell you like where the risk is located. They could probably tell you the construction type. They could probably tell you some other aspects of it. But at any one given point on the uptake of a policy, can they tell you all these other risk characteristics or other factors that's either captured in the data immediately in real time or over legacy for assessment um, that's not necessarily built into the legacy system. So there's a lot of headwinds that institutional carriers face that uh, insure techs are saying, hey, I could, I could leverage against that. You know, I can move quicker than you can 
because I really, I, I don't have these legacy um, issues. I don't have um, a, uh, a defined marketing plan that says, Hey, we, mm. this is, this is what we're doing. Right. And in order to shift that, that means a huge different type of communication. Um, or uh, if I want to change the way I'm capturing data or storing data, um, well, that's a five-year investment and, uh, you know, $10 million, depending on the size of the carrier you have. I mean, uh, at my prior companies, as you, as they acquired, you would have legacy systems sitting on top of legacy systems, sitting on top of legacy systems, mm. uh, and they never got rid of them. They can never get rid of them because it was too tough to combine, too challenging to, to, to augment, and, and they just, they just lack the ability to pivot. Um, sure. So I think... Um, you know, that's, that's kind of like the, the, the benefit of an insure tech is saying, Hey, we could, we, we could use, uh, you know, some of the, uh, this, this newer technology. I think the other companies have access to it. Um, you know, it's, it's not, there's not, there's not a, a prohibition for them, but it's yeah. a matter of like, they're not either culturally management wise, uh, technology or systems wise to, to, to quickly adapt and change they, they might they might say that they want to but then you know they 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 face a lot of headwinds across many different fronts that when you stack upon stack upon stack it just becomes very very challenging mm-hmm. um and that opens up opportunity for you know the folks like honeycomb mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of move quicker than they're moving and and and, and leverage those opportunities yeah, I think there's, there's there's a few things that I wanted to pick up there. I mean, I think we it's always talked very often about oh, the insurers have all this data, this rich vein of data, and I think you know, as as you rightly said, the question is, do they? Because we live in a, a data driven world now, but these businesses are hundreds of years old, you know, and even in their modern context, are decades of years old. So they they were collecting the data that was important to them at the time. That doesn't mean it's the data that would be important to them now. Underwriting rules have changed. You know, regulation has changed. Actuarial kind of processes and practices have changed. So all of these things kind of key into that. So you go, well, the data they have, is it useful? Um, and then going on to the technology stack, is it accessible as well? Like, is it, is it can we get to it? Can we do anything with it? Um, and that, I think that was, you know, when, I, when we started seeing these kind of the big evolution of data science teams and, you know, we're just sort of having huge investments into these things and essentially aiming people at it and going, create some value <laughs> from this pile of data with no like agenda of no kind of, uh, you know, North Star of going, this is what we're trying to achieve. Um, but but I sort of I sort of feel like uh, there's, there's that balance. And I think I think, you know, Honeycomb represents the kind of best of that, which is like, look, it's easier to start with a clean slate. Right. And go, right. What's the best technology out there? create our own technology and then that's a digitally digitally native insurance offering um in a way that's the only way to go and i'm uh, you know I, I i'm surprised we've not seen more carriers kind of basically isolate and stand alone and go right from this point on this is what this is the way we work but you know that's a that's a very very large decision that someone's got to make and you know getting that signed off for a publicly traded company is the other thing as well most of these businesses are publicly traded so it's very difficult for you to go right. We need a we need a ten year horizon for this huge investment we're going to make. Uh, no shareholders, you can't earn any dividends. We're not going to get anywhere. So there's so much against them that 
Um, it is almost impossible. And even on the tech side, I think the teams are built for maintenance. They're not built for kind of innovation. So, yeah, it, it, it makes sense to me that, um, you know, smaller, more nimble, of course, is, is going to be kind of the best way to adopt tech. Um, moving on about tech, um, I wanted to know about your inspector app, which is part of uh, the Honeycomb offering. Um, you may or may not be the best person to ask about this, but I'm sure you know more than me. So what is the inspector app for people that are, are don't know? And, and then kind of wanted to sort of dig into, was it ever considered to be a standalone product or, or is it kind of a just a USP for the underwriting? So the inspection app um, is kind of different than what the industry does. And I, mm -hmm. I've seen some other uh, like uh, personal lines carriers um, that are in yeah. the tech space kind of do uh, a, a variation of this. But basically when an insured um, uh, becomes our insured, right? When they when they buy in coverage with them, we, we, we push out uh, an inspection app to them, which uh, basically allows them to integrate into their, to their phone. Uh, which then says, hey, give me a picture of this, give me a picture of that, and here's an example. And they could take a, take a picture and then it quickly uploads it into our system for assessment and AI technology review and the like, right? Um, I think uh, <clears throat> when I, so was was that like a uh, uh, an opportunity to, to differentiate ourselves in the marketplace? I think it was, uh, yeah, I think it kind of. Um, you know, it, it was just honeycomb taking a step back and, and saying, there's actually a better way to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and the challenge with the institutional side, whether it's like an internal, uh, staff or an external staff is that, uh, it's, it's a, it's a laborious process, right? You're, 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 you're trying to schedule time with the insured. You're trying to schedule time with yourself and connecting the two. Um, life happens, right? Whether it's on your side or their side, you know, whether oh, I, uh, I was supposed to meet you and, and walk through the property on the inspection, but, you know, I had another issue at this property. I had to do that, right? Or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my, my, my kid, uh, you know, is sick or I, I had to attend to a, an elderly family member, whatever the reason, and they're all acceptable. Mm. Um, but then, but then, yeah, now you have a, a cancellation. You might even have no show. You might, and, and then all of a sudden now you have the scheduling problem, you're working with agents or whoever it is to like connect all these pieces. And it's kind of like the bane of the existence of uh, the uptake of an insurance policy, not only for like the carrier, but also for the insured. Um, mm -hmm. And it's actually a relatively, um, you know, uh, it's, could prevent, pre prevent an insured from making a good uh insurance purchase because they don't want to go through that process again. Mm -hmm. So it creates this like hurdle of entry. Uh, and I guess it also creates stickiness, uh, yeah. I guess on the backside. Right. Yeah, so yeah, I guess yeah. it's a double head, but I mean, at the end of the day, Honeycomb's like, Hey, there's a better way to do this. Right. We, we could get our, uh, inspection relatively completed, right. Um, to the granularity that we find appropriate to get a good understanding of a real time assessment of that risk. Mm-hmm. With, uh, with, with photographs um, that then pushes all that within a very, very tight time frame of when you bound the policy, where then you can make a, a, an immediate risk selection. Mm. So a lot of times in the insurance uh, you know, commercial world, you have your 30 days or 60 days of quote unquote, the underwriting period, which allows you to you know, uh, inspect. And then when you get out there, right, they're the, your eyes, their ears of the insurance company, and if, if you see something like that you don't like or 
uh, on the uptake of the submission that doesn't um, uh, represent itself in, in reality, then you have time to act on that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Honeycomb has taken that period and, and shortened it from 30 to 45 days because it takes time to schedule. It takes time for somebody to get out there. It takes time for that person to write the report. Mm-hmm. It takes time for the report then to get submitted. It takes time for the underwriter then to look at it and review it. We're taking all that and compressing it within probably seven days of binding. Then the insured, wow. so that that allows the carrier to, 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 to more in real time assess the risk and either be on the risk for uh, a shorter amount of time than they really want to, but it also gives the insured and the agent certainty that, mm. hey, we made a decision. We don't need to kind of revisit this, you know, 30 days, 60 days if, if an issue does develop. Um, and, and also it reduces uh, the expenses, right? So mm. uh, sending somebody there, right? And, 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 and doing the inspection and writing the report. Typically, I mean, you're, you're not walking away from that without spending $120, $150 uh, mm. per inspection. And, and, the, and sorry, Ben, just to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. The, other, the other thing that I wanted to kind of, so this is the insured takes the photos and the, the images themselves, right? But directed, yeah. by, directed by the app. I was just thinking as you're saying this about the people are used to being self-service now you know you want to be in control of that process and and like the biggest frustration my parents have just had it and this is on the claim side rather than the underwrite side that they they kept having to wait for this inspector to come out and their, their ceiling had fallen through like this it's a like no question claim like it's like not uh not an issue it's definitely covered but they just need someone to physically come out look at it write a report go back wait for two months like they'll never insure with that company again now whether someone could do it different or not but you're just used to being able to go take a photo like that, you know, what do you need? Bum, 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 done. And you feel in control of it. And I think, I think giving that control, um, that's that customer centricity that we've been missing a little bit from the insurance industry. Yeah. It, 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 people are, like you said, more self-service and, 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 uh, it's, it's a combination of that. And then also a combination of like, if, if you, you know, you're investing five minutes, uh, yep. versus, walking somebody around for an hour and scheduling this and scheduling that. So I think people are willing to say, Hey, I'll, I'll take it on myself. I save myself a ton of time and effort. I have to do is take a, you know, a few pictures of the front of the building, you know, staircases, you know, the, just to confirm maintenance and upkeep and overall, you know, safety of the, of the property. But it's, it's hugely beneficial, hugely revolutionary in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mo- most, most carriers either are spending too much money and too much time inspecting, or because of that, they're not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're saying, Hey, we think there's a middle ground, um, yeah. that, that kind of serves both purposes and, uh, about a picture speak, like, you know, speaks a thousand words as they would yeah, say. Yeah. Do you, do you feed back on risk as well? So like if, if, if you spot things going on, oh, well, if you did this, this would reduce your risk exposure, et cetera, kind of a little bit of a risk management feedback as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We do that. Um, you know, where, where it's needed for like recommendations, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, we, 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 in order to stay on the risk, we need to do this. We need to do that, that kind of a thing. Um, if it's, if it's important, um, and, or, you know, Hey, you, the, the risk was represented as this, you know, uh, JM construction or masonry non-compulsive construction. We're seeing that as, as frame. Now we're doing a lot of that on the uptake, um, mm-hmm. so that we're pulling data out of the hands of, uh, the insurer or the agent. So we're making our data independent. Uh, yeah. and therefore it gives you, 
uh, more confidence and certainty in the in the data, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether, whether it's human error or whatever it might be, um, but uh, yeah, we we absolutely are, are are taking either either risk selection decisions or risk mitigation decisions based on mm. based on what we're seeing. Um, but uh, yeah. Because it's fascinating what you get asked when you're insuring like your property. You know, I, I'm always amazed. I, I did it recently for my house, and they're going, oh, "When was it built?" And I'm like, "I don't know. Like, like when was it built? How is it made? What's it made of?" And I was like, "Look, man, you ask me about recruiting people, I can tell you. <laughs> you want to ask me about construction? <laughs> like, I'm not the right guy." And uh, you know, luckily I've got a really old neighbour, and she was like, "It was made in 1932," so I got that covered. But you know, don't. <laughs> Joking aside, it's it's like we don't we live in a world, and I know some of this is accessible by third party data, but you know things like that's the frust that's I think that's the frustrating piece for people who've had with insurance for a long time, and it's it's solving those seemingly small issues with like simple solutions that 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 the stickiness you mentioned that that's the thing always resonates with me the, the way that the reason your product and, and, the, and the business really resonates with me is is it's not reinventing the wheel it's just using tech at those points of frustration that's what it seems to be it's like you know good underwriting good 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 principles but just using tech at those points of frustration that then become like points of to start with, it'll be novelty, right? There's a certain novelty element of like, I love a bit of tech. I'm like, this is great. I'm going to take a photo of everything sorted. Uh, but then right. beyond that, it's like, it saves me time. It makes me feel involved. It makes me feel engaged. Um, do, 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 do you use it? Can you use it on the claims end of it as well? Do, does it do you use the same sort of, uh, the same technology? Not, not, not yet. And, and no. just to talk about like um, doing the simple things to create stickiness. Uh, it's yeah. funny, I, I had a conversation um, with some... Uh, with some industry leaders on this uh, pretty recently. And um, like, hey, well, like, you know, create social groups and create platforms and create like, you yeah. know, create an environment where you're giving your insured a hug and keeping yeah. them close by like creating like social media platforms where they can engage with all your other insureds and like da da da. I'm like, that sounds like a really big heavy lift. Um, mm. And I don't know if that is, you know, uh, if people really resonate with that, like, you, you know, like, um like a facebook for your for your for yeah your like clients. i don't want to like, see I'm my like, i don't want to see my insurer on tiktok i don't care like i'd like I, I, you know I, i'm sure someone will prove me wrong and, and do it really well <laughs> and, uh we've got a company called dead dead happy in the uk that does really funny adverts and that's part of their brand like it's life insurance it's really good and, and it's they've got really funny adverts but most of the time I don't want to see my insurer on TikTok or Facebook or, you know, I just right, want, the, right. I want the, I want the, I, I moan about this all the time. I want to get my insurance for my company and not be asked what level of professional indemnity cover I need, because I'm like, you tell me how much I need <laughs> and I'll, and I'll take your recommendation because I don't know. <laughs> you know? Right. And, and that, that might, might like counter to them is like, I think you create stickiness by doing uh, the, the kind of the, the average things or the good things. Great. Like yeah. take the good and make it great. If technology gets you there, yeah, yeah, then, yeah. then then perfect. But it's it's the idea of like, hey, billing, right? Mm -hmm. Invoicing. Like, do you do you understand how big of a pain point that is for most insureds and, and lenders and mortgagees? And mm -hmm. they got multiple properties and multiple endorsements and multiple billing invoices. And like, I tell you what, if you could crack that nut, right? And and, yeah. and provide a good solution that's not good but great, that makes it easy. 
or mm. like the claims handling process or like for us the uptake and the, and the underwriting process like you're not you're not creating this like the fluffy right you're not creating like the fluffy social media platforms and cool tiktok mm. ads that you know that, that's great but what people care about is that user experience that integration mm. um that that makes their lives easier because you know what all i want to really do is pay my bill and i want to yeah. do it easily and if you could yeah. pay my bill easily like i might stay around uh yeah. versus uh you know my my other uh in my other prior lives i've had people actually um you know not renew because they're like hey the this whole bill paying process one is not very transparent right and like mm. like i can't look up immediately what i owe when where and how and I want to do like these different like payment options. Like, how do I, you know what? I'm just going to go somewhere else that might do that. Um, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, I, I could have kept that client if I would have just did the good things really well and seamlessly mm. with great service and being just like, it goes back to technology. Like technology could get me through that. But if I understand that as a people, right? As a person and understand that, the challenge they see and have the mindset of like, how do I solve this service issue? How do I solve this uh, uh, problem? Then I could implement technology, but I never understand that unless I'm people oriented and mm. I have people thinking about people. So that's where kind of brings our conversation a little bit. God bless you. Me. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> brings it a little bit back full circle is like, you don't, you don't need to, you don't need to necessarily be, uh, you know, the, the, the coolest, right. The insurance company, the, the one that has the cool ads or the, the cool, this, or the cool that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, if you just kind of do what you're supposed to do and do it really well, um, mm. that creates stickiness in itself. Yeah. I, it, it's, it, as you were saying, this is so funny. I was just, I was thinking about, I, I've just moved offices and, and, and you were talking about billing and, uh, not wanted to dive, divert too much, but they, they, they've messed my billing up every single month. And, and we've just trying to get into a bigger office. And, and so I started looking outside. Like, I, and I, it's a silly thing because I just said, and they couldn't understand why I was so upset about it because it was, they weren't over billing me. They kept billing me at the wrong time and they were lumping invoices together. So my accountant's picking it up going, what's happening? And, and I just right. said, I don't want to have to think about this. But if I can't trust you to bill properly, if my accountant's bugging me about why has this happened and when it's happened and I'm having to spend time on it, I, I, I don't want to do that. And it's particularly... An office is an expense no one really wants. Insurance is an expense that no one really wants. So, you know, I want I want peace of mind when I'm buying insurance. So if you're, I want peace of mind and trust. So I always think with peace of mind and trust, it's like who who's trustworthy? Like if you just took people, who, who are the people that are trustworthy? They're the people that just do the things they say they're going to do at the time they say they're going to do it, and and create the let the, you know the least. The, the sort of least hassle like as opposed to the friend who's really flamboyant and fun and you forgive them for everything i don't want a flamboyant and fun insurance company that i have to forgive for everything right I, that's that's why i don't right. want them on facebook and tiktok i want my, my my insurer to be like that friend that i just loved bits because they're on time every time and they like make my life easy you know it's that and it's right. i think i think it's really easy to get sucked into trying to make insurance cool um now you and i could talk for I, hours I think about you, I, Insurance I think you cool. just reinvented like a tagline in the insurance industry. Like, <laughs> hey, my, my insurance industry, my, my insurance company is not my drinking buddy. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right? My insurance company is my, you know, my, 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 my neighbor that knows my house is from 1932. Like, yeah. uh, it, it's so true that, uh, you know, like the, the, 
if you're not competent in handling my billing, right? Like, yeah. why do I think you're going to be competent, competent handling my claim? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. When, when, when I'm sitting here homeless uh, or, or without a home, I, my building's on, on fire, it's four feet underwater. Uh, my tenants are screaming at me. Um, and, 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 and I'm sitting there like, you know, my, my life's in my hands. Mm. Um, how, how do I know I have confidence that you're going to be able to handle that when you literally can't handle my invoice? Um, yeah. So. yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly. I thought you were going to complete the perfect tagline there. I thought, it, 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 well, your choice is not my drinking buddy, it's my designated driver. That's, that, <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it is. Someone could take that. That's Excellent. that's really short tech anywhere. But, but, but yeah, it, it is that. Like, joking aside, it's like doing the small things well is, 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 is everything. Uh, I mean, nothing in any business. Uh, why, why is Amazon, Amazon so successful? You know, they, they didn't invent delivery. They just like they got rid of all of the frictionless things. Whether that's good or not, that's for another podcast. But um, um, I, right. I wanted to. I'm going to skip. I'm going to skip one because I I think this is. Um, I thought this is a really. I thought this was an interesting point about something talking about the investor pool. So like, um, the business talks about itself being underwriting driven. Um, and I was like, do investors look at underwriting when it comes to insure decks? Um, you know, and I thought you'd be the perfect person to have this conversation with because, you know, there's been a lot of underwriting performance that hasn't gone as well in the insured sort community recently. Um, yeah, so not, not to name names, right? Yeah, not to name uh, names, yeah, absolutely. I mean, name we can do. I mean, but, um, yeah. but yeah, what, what, how do you square that circle? Do, do investors look at underwriting when in, you know? Uh, for the sake of vanity, like for the sake of feel, making myself feel good and, and valuable, I guess, yeah. like absolutely. But you know, in, in all reality, um, yeah. the common investor probably not so much. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 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 not they're not uh, you know they're they're great at, at business acumen. You know, they're they're great at identifying like, hey, do you got great leadership? Do you got a great product that is solving a problem in the marketplace? Um, and then they, they kind of leave it up to like the carrier, like, hey, I, th- th- that saw seems to making process of like mm-hmm. what underwriting and forms and coverage and pricing and risk selection. Like, uh, that's, that's like too deep in the weeds. Um, mm-hmm. and it's like, almost like you equated like manufacturing, like, um, Hey, you made a widget. Like, I think that widget solves a lot of problems. Right. I think, I think it's very sellable. I think, um, you got, you got great leadership, you got a way to distribute it. You got a way to manufacture it. You got a way to market it, but how you make that widget, they're not getting into that level. And I think sure. our, our investors uh, understand our like business proposition. You know, we're, we're, we're from uh, inception, right? We're designed to generate an underwriting profit. Mm-hmm. Um, that is our focus. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, you run into some of the problems that uh, other carriers are experiencing like they'll, they'll work their way through it they'll find a solution at the end of it you know whether it's you know diversification or the the losses they took down in the te- you know texas freeze you know all right now you, you just can't write in texas right you gotta write other areas um and, and you know having a, a geographic diversification class of business diversification um maybe maybe you need to charge a little bit more right like you just can't uh, be, be, be the low market player all the time. Um, and you know, they'll figure their way out, but our investors are, are deeply entrenched and, in, in kind of understanding underwriting and it's underwriting, uh, results. You know, I've been meeting with them, uh, pretty frequently. Um, 
and 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 you know we we talk about we talk about hey here's our roadmap we talk about you know like building the uh the sleek looking car that like you know that that sells well and the dist- distribution plans and growth and strategy and that and then it's like mm. okay that was great let's talk about underwriting and we'll spend mm. half the meeting just talking about like hey what are we doing and how are we mitigating this and what's our approach to that and where do we see you know the, the pick curves and loss curves going and this and this and this and it, it's it's I think the the industry is becoming more in tune to that that like you don't know the in insurance right you don't know the cost of your your goods like what you the cost of your product like when you make widgets all right mm-hmm. it took me x number of dollars for raw materials it took x number of dollars for this um, you know the cost to make it and then you know the cost that you want to sell for and it's relatively uh, fixed. With insurance, you don't know the cost of your goods until mm. a year, two years, three years, four years, five years down the road. I mean, sometimes it's 20 years, mm-hmm. right? With professional liability and abuse molestation and asbestos and cigarettes mm. and cannabis, like that's so far down the road that you really don't know like the the, the cost of your goods until down the, down the road. So it, it, it's hard for them to kind of grapple that and understand it. But, um, you know, it's really enlightening and really encouraging that our investors are, are buying into our concepts. So uh we're making we're, we're we're designed to make money day one yeah yeah yep. yeah, yeah. And, and and that's why you bring it like as an mga that now you got you know fronting companies and reinsurers sitting behind you and the way that you create longevity with them and comfort with them and a profitable book of business that uh is is uh is by really being focused and diligent with that um so it then they kind of like are self-serving, right? And then it bleeds back into the, the investor side where like, hey, this company, um, you know, their stock price isn't 90% uh, less than what it was uh, two months ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and, and now, now, now I could feel comfortable with other people being interested in investing more money and more money than the IPO, right? So mm-hmm. they're, they're mutually serving. And, and I, I think like, uh, people are starting to like tune into that, but yeah. I think Honeycomb, from its inception, you know, uh, six months a year ago, um, ha- has always been attuned to that. Like, hey, this is a pillar of of who we are and what we do. Mm. And look, that I think that bleeds into like my final question that I had for you, and, and you've touched on it there. But you know, sub, one of the conundrums that I've always kind of questioned and, and and this is where whether it's efficient is that we talk about long-term partnerships in insurance with 300 year old businesses and and then we still operate on year-to-year contracts when it comes to mgas just wanted to get your take on should we uh you know and and, and i because the main reason is because i think if the relationship's good then i presume the conversation's a lot quicker but it seems like there's a lot of time every year which if it's going well, it's wasted. If it's not, then you'd probably want to be having a conversation sooner rather than later. So should we be looking at longer term multi-year contracts or what's your view on that? It's an interesting uh, aspect. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, I think a lot of companies that dip their toes into like three-year contracts and, and some of them like pulled, pulled back uh, mm. just because there's just so much fluctuation uh, in, in, in this space, whether it's like, you know, rate adjustments, um, you know, uh, uh, the ability for, you know, at, at the end of the day, like we're making a promise, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm making a promise that, hey, uh, here, here for a year, 
uh, if you if you incur a financial loss that's covered, like I'll indemnify you. Like I'm making yeah. a promise to you. Uh, in turn, you're giving me a, 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 you know a little bit of a premium, right? Uh, as somebody told me once, like in insurance, we 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 date our insureds, we don't marry our insureds, right? Mm-hmm. So like, how long of a promise do you want to give somebody when you just first met them? Um, yeah, sometimes, sure. sometimes a sometimes a promise is uh, or uh, uh, trust is earned over time. And mm-hmm. like, how do you how do you develop that trust? Maybe after like, hey, after three years of like us dating, maybe maybe we put like a multi year plan together. But it's you know, it, it's 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 a commitment. You know, many insurance companies um, kind of underwrite quarter to quarter. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, right? yeah, true, true. Uh, so it's 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 an interesting concept. I think like the only way that you could probably make it work is if there's like some type of kickouts or exit strategies. Like, okay, if you uh, um, you know if, if you experience this kind of losses or this kind of whatever it might be, then. Uh, we're able to get out from that contract, but then like that would probably be like uh, probably not be treated well in the, in the Department of Insurance. Like, hey, mm. you can't give like an insured a multi-year contract with like not uh, certainties. Then it's really not a multi-year contract. Uh, sure. It's only favoring you and not favoring them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think uh, you know, like I think the industry will po- probably will stay. For next foreseeable future, I mean, maybe, uh, uh, you know, uh, year to year, um, but maybe there there might be opportunities. So maybe it'll go with your drinking line. You know, hey, we're not your well, we're not your drinking buddy. We're your <laughs> designated driver. <laughs> and by the way, like we'll give you a multi year contract uh, too. So I mean, yeah, maybe yeah. you're building the foundations of a great next insurance company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm doing it. I'm waiting. I'm biding my time. I know enough good people by now. I can, uh, I can help them put them together. But, um, but uh, I think that's a that's a great way to end it. On, uh, I want to end on my, uh, my, my. Uh, well, our mutual, our mutually generated tagline. I love that. I um, um. But look, Ben, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I'm really like invested in the the honeycomb business because, like, I I think what from the outset is exactly as I said earlier, which is like, I just think using technology at the smart points that, that makes sense um, and, and not reinventing the wheel, you know, good underwriting, let's make underwriting profit day one, but let's use technology to help us do that. And let's make, help tech, use technology to increase our stickiness of customers. And, and those are the businesses for me that are like really interesting. Um, so yeah, no, I think it's great what you guys are doing, but um, um, before um, I let you go, What's happening for 2022? What's what what's what's on the slate um, in terms of kind of growth and plans and um, yeah, what should we look out for? Yeah, we're we're super excited as we go into uh, into the 2022 year, um, and we're we're kind of like a quarter of the way in. But um, Honeycomb is, is is rapidly expanding into more and more states. Um, we're we're partnering with more and more embedded partnerships and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we also distribute through retail agents and brokers, and then we also do direct to insured. So uh, we're actively growing um, in that space. We just had our uh, Series A uh, in, in January, uh, which gave us you know fifteen point four million dollars, which allows now us to kind of build that people to bring this kind of conversation full circle. Is all right now. We're going to build build uh, a great team, and we've we've added some of the t- best top notch people in the industry, um, and it's a matter of just you now. Uh, building the platforms, executing, uh, ramping up those states, 
Um, and I, like I said, I'm really excited uh, for for what we're going to accomplish um, in 2022 and, and years and years beyond. Um, but it all starts with bringing in good people that take this idea that we have and then just growing and expanding it and, and doing it smart and doing it innovatively and, and just and listening mm-hmm. uh, to, to, to our customers, to the marketplace, and, and then finding solutions, uh, whether it's with our embedded partnerships, whether it's direct to consumer, whether it's our retail agents, um, that, that, uh, that differentiates us and, and allows us to grow. Um, Perfect. Perfect. Well, I can always help you find good people, as as we know. But I won't. I won't pitch Absolutely. you live. I won't pitch you live on there. That's embarrassing. So we'll do that off air. But Ben, thank you once again for your time. Really appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's been great, and uh, we'll talk soon. Cheers, buddy. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insurtech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.